Hallelujah. Come on, do you feel that in the house of the Lord? Come on, I want somebody to be encouraged. Your God has never lost, never failed. It's impossible. It's impossible. Amen. His word will not return void. He's never lost. He's the undefeated champion of all eternity. Hallelujah. There never was anyone like him, neither shall there be after him. He's God and God all by himself. He's the champion of heaven. He even went into hell and conquered death, hell, and the grave. Came up, rose again for you and I. Amen. Nothing can defeat him. Somebody ought to magnify him. Somebody magnify him in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It feels so good. We might just start having Monday night church. Amen. Praise God. I love what I feel in the house of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to. Turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 25 and beginning of verse number 1. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 1. Now as you're turning there, I just want to let you know that tonight's Monday Night Revival. And so uh, I'm taking off my pastor hat and uh, I am your evangelist tonight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears and go back a couple of years. Amen. And so I'd like to thank Pastor and Sister Hood for the invitation. You couldn't get a better room than we, we got. There's a garden in the back that somebody's been working on. Amen. The basket, oh, man, let me tell you about the basket. Every service I have been here, it's been incredible. Amen. Looking forward to the home-cooked meal afterwards. Praise God. So who's ready to have some church up in here? Praise God. We're going to have some church, and I'm going to preach what I feel like God's laid on my heart. Amen. The Bible declares in Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the, the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered, and slept and at midnight everybody say at midnight at midnight there was a cry made behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out but the wise answered saying not so lest there not be enough for us and for you. I want you to notice they're, they're, they're now going to tell them what they need to do. But go ye rather to them that sell. Go to the marketplace. Everybody say this, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. They told him, let us borrow of your oil. And they said, no, because there may not be enough for us and for you. 
But we want you to go and do what we've already done. Go to those that sell in the marketplace and buy it for yourself. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Beware of the borrower. Beware of the borrower. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you today. God, we give you praise and glory. I'm praying, Lord, amen, you have ordained this service before we ever got to it. God, you've already been working things out. You know exactly who was going to be here, God, and who was not going to be here, Lord. This is, amen, a divine ordained moment, God, and I'm praying that you would help us, Lord, amen, to grab a hold of this word, to grab a hold of this message, amen, and make it part of who we are in Jesus' wonderful name. Let's clap our hands unto Jesus and give him some praise. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 34, the Bible declared that Jesus would only speak in parables. There was a moment in Jesus' ministry where he would, uh, he would discuss, he would read, he would even explain and expound, especially whenever the doctors the lawyers, the Pharisees came to him. They would try, as we preach about yesterday, they would try to reason with him. And Jesus would come back with the word of God. We find this happening even when Jesus encountered the devil. That in the moment of temptation, he let them know the word of God was the final authority. But there came a moment where Jesus made the declaration as was prophesied before he came that he would only from that point forward speak to them in parables. Amen. It was for several reasons. Number one, it was so that Jesus could be relevant to the people that he was really trying to reach. Amen. If he was just trying to reach those that were scribes and Pharisees, he could continue to try to reason with them on the level of intellectual understanding. Amen. But Jesus was not just going for those that were learned. But Jesus was going for those that were unlearned. Jesus was going for people that were common, people that didn't have an education, people that did not necessarily have the right last name, people that did not have a bloodline or a pedigree. He was reaching for anybody that would take a hold of his words and understand them. He started telling stories that people could understand. He talked to people, amen, about fishing, and there was a bunch of fishermen in there. He talked to people about farming, and there was a bunch of farmers there. He talked to people, amen, about losing money, and there were some folks that had lost money that knew they needed to get it back. Uh, amen. He talked to people, amen, about those uh, that were laborers and those that were workers, uh, and this was what he did. The Bible declares he did this, amen, so that those that were hearing the parables, uh, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not hear. Amen. They, he was telling these things in parables so that those that were there were not going to get it, amen, based on their level of education, but they were going to get it based on the level of revelation. 
Jesus put it this way. I thank you, O Father, that you have not revealed this unto the wise, but you have revealed this unto babes. Amen. The Bible declares, David speaking, that praise is perfected amongst those that are babes. Amen. I want to help you here to understand that the kingdom is for those that are willing to be converted as like children. In other words, this kingdom is not something uh, that you get based on what you had in the previous kingdom, but you've got to be born into this kingdom. You've got to be, you got to grow in this kingdom. Uh, you've got to go backwards in this kingdom. Uh, in order to win, you've got to lose. Uh, in order to live, you've got to die. This kingdom is backwards, honey. This kingdom is upside down. Uh, this kingdom is not always uh, something you can reason and understand, uh, and God loves likes it that way. I thank God for it because the Bible says he did not call many wise. He did not call many prudent. But the Bible declares he chose the weak things of the world to confound that which the world says is wise. And the Bible declares he called the things that were nothing. Amen. Instead of calling what everybody said was something. Amen. Some people think they're in church today because of how good they were. I want to let you know God didn't call any of us based on how good we were. But God called us and said, I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to give a revelation to a cussing, a cussing fisherman by the name of Peter. I'm going to call people, amen, that the world would say, write them off. I'll use tax collectors. I'll use fishermen. I'll use zealots on the other side of the spectrum of religiosity. I'll use people like Paul who used to persecute my church. I want to tell you here today, God uses people like that. God calls people like that, and that's you and I here tonight. Is anybody thankful to be in the church? Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful that he called you, that he didn't skip out on you, that he didn't write you off? Hallelujah. Amen. But he wrote, he spoke in all these parables. Amen. These were things that, that those that were involved in these activities would understand, take home. But not everybody got the lesson. There were those that were there that thought his words were useless. What do I need to know about sheep and goats? What do I need to know about ten virgins, five wise, five foolish? What do I need to know about a mustard seed? What do I need to know about a little leaven that leavens the whole lump? What do I need to know about all those things? Those people did not get a revelation. But those that listened to him started getting revelation after revelation after revelation. And Jesus put revelation this way. To those that have shall more be given. This is why it's so important for you and I that when God gives us a revelation, we tuck it in our pocket. Amen. We hold on to it. Amen. We save that revelation. Amen. In fact, it's so important for us, amen, to do, amen, what the Bible declares. We take that revelation and we trade it in the marketplace and we multiply that revelation. We make something happen of that revelation. At no point has God ever called you and I to come to church, amen, just tuck it away and never use it. God said, take that revelation and make something out of that revelation multiply that revelation and guess what when you multiply that revelation i'm going to give you more when you take that revelation and use it i'm going to give you more amen jesus amen is about to be crucified and he's telling his final parables we commonly know them in matthew chapter 25 as the 10 virgins the master and the talents and finally the separation of sheep and goats 
there are some common themes among each of them. First, there is a difference. Amen. There is a separation between the wise and the foolish, the sheep and the goats, the lost or the saved, the rich or the poor. Not talking about physical rich or poor, but those that took the revelation and did something with it. In other words, God is letting letting the world know that there is going to be a distinction between the church and the world. Can I just say this for a moment? There should always be a difference in the church. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. There should always be a distinction between the church and the world. We don't just, we don't just stop doing what they do. I want to tell you, we do things they do not do. Amen. We stop going to ball games, and we stop watching movies, and we stop all that junk. We start, But I want to tell you what else we do. We come into church, and we lift our hands without wrath and doubting. We come into the house of God uh, and we give God glory. We come into church uh, and we do something with it. Uh, We come into the house of the Lord and we pray. We come into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are a church that is active. Uh, We are a church that is involved. Uh, We are a church that's doing something. Amen. We should be different. We should look different. We should act different. We should think different. We should talk different. We should study different. We should pray different. Every bit of that is right. Amen. I want to help you here today. Amen. There's a few of these different things. Amen. When we talk about the sheep and the goats, I want to help you here today. We should ingest differently. What we ingest should be different. See, a, a sheep, uh, amen, when they chew on the, on the, on the, on the grass, uh, amen, they'll only go so far, and then they'll move on to the new patch of grass. Uh, but if you put a goat out there, it'll keep eating until it bites down in the dirt, and it gets parasites, and it gets worms. Uh, I want to tell you, church, uh, amen, if we're going to be God's church, uh, we can't be like goats. Uh, we've got to know where the right patch of grass is. We come to church, uh, and we chew on that. Uh, amen. And when the world offers us its dirt, we say, that's not for me. I'm going back to the house of the Lord, and I'm going to get a word from the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. It goes beyond just the separation of the church and the world, though. Amen. Sometimes a separation goes within the church. Man, I know that we talk about the, the fact that there is going to be a great catching away, what we call the rapture, that he's coming back for his church. But I want to tell you, in that moment when God comes back for his church, there is going to be a reaping angel that is going to come, and he's going to come down, amen, and reap the harvest that God has planted. But in that harvest, amen, Jesus tells parables about the wheat and the tares. That in that harvest, come harvest time, there's going to be those amongst the harvest that were not truly wheat, that were tares. Amen. Amen. There's a big difference between wheat and tares. Amen. Wheat and tares, there is a difference. And the difference is this, that when it comes time for harvest, amen, the wheat, because of the weight of the fruit, amen, will bow itself down. But the tares will stand firm in its pride. I want to help you here today, uh, we've got to make sure uh, that when it comes time to bow, uh, we don't wait uh, for the end of all things to bow our knee. 
We don't stand in pride and say, I didn't need God. No, we said it while we were still on earth. I needed God today. I needed God tomorrow, and I need God next week. We don't wait until God forces every knee to bow. I want to tell you, I want to be part of the harvest of wheat that said, I bowed now. Amen. Amen. The next parable that Matthew 25 talks about. Amen. It goes beyond the separation of the church and the world. Amen. The sheep and the goats represent that well. There is now a separation between the servants in the house. Amen. They all are servants of the king. They are all servants of the same master. And yet they are separated based on their productivity. Amen. We talked about it for the last several weeks based on the fact that they were active and they were doing. Amen. I want to tell you, it was not based on their talents. It was not based on their abilities. Amen. They were not separated out that way. When the king came back, when the master came back, he just wanted to know, did you do some do something with what I gave you? Were you active in the kingdom? Were you productive in the kingdom? Did you just take every blessing I ever gave you and file it away and bury it in the world? Or did you say, God, you gave me this? so that I could help the kingdom move forward. God, you bless me with this so that I could be productive in the kingdom. Amen. God, help us. If God blesses us with talents, with time, and with treasures, and we don't give them back to the king that blessed us. Come on, somebody. Monday night revival. I've just come to prod somebody a little bit. God did not give you that ability for you to sit on it. God did not give you that time for you to go fishing every week. God gave. Yeah, thank God for those moments. Thank God for those times. We ought to take advantage of it. But God gave you that so you could be productive in the kingdom. If God gives you a long life, give that long life back to God. Don't wait till your final years. Don't. We are called to be productive in the kingdom. Amen. We are called to be productive in the kingdom. Amen. God is going to look down and he's going to see people and one day we're going to all stand in judgment and I believe with all my heart that there's going to be people that had it worse than you and I. There's going to be people, amen, that maybe had the exact same, amen, background as you. Amen. Maybe a little different DNA but they were the same demographic. They had some of the same struggles. Amen. But yet, amen, there's going to be on one side a group that said we invested ourselves into the kingdom and there's going to be another group that says, well, I came up with every excuse as to why I could not do it. Amen. And God's going to say, well, they did it, and they had more excuses than you and I. I just want to preach to somebody, don't let excuses stop you and I from being productive in the kingdom. Don't let anybody, amen, stop you and I from being productive in the kingdom. Don't let any hobby stop you from being productive in the kingdom. Don't let any extracurricular activity stop you from being effective in the kingdom. We've got to make sure we use everything God gave to us, amen, in the kingdom of God. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's pray all across this house. 
Come on, hallelujah, when the king shows up. I don't want to say I just buried it. I didn't do anything with it. But God, everything you ever put in my hands, I did something with it. Everything you ever granted to me, every bit of opportunity you gave me, I took it and I used it for your kingdom and I used it for your glory. Every promotion you ever gave me, I used it for your glory. I used it for you. Oh, let's pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's some people in the house of the Lord. I don't have anybody in mind, but I want to tell you, amen, it's time to say, Lord, if you put it in my hands, it's because you saw that I could do something with it. If, God, you trusted me with it, I'm going to trust you enough that I'm not going to fail with this. If, God, you put it in my hands, I'm going to put it to work. If you put it in my mind, I'm going to put it to work. If you laid it on my heart, I'm going to put it to work. Hallelujah. And then finally, there is a parable of the ten virgins. There is a separation that goes beyond their productivity. They all seem to do things exactly the same. In fact, you can't even distinguish the ten virgins from one another. They are all morally pure. There is no separation. What do you do? They all trim their lamps. They all were doing what was asked of them at the time. They all look good on the, on the outside. But I want to tell you, there was one group that was missing something on the inside. Everybody, amen, that would look at them would say, these are the best. These are the cleanest. These are the top and the upper echelon of the kingdom. But there was one group that when nobody saw it was missing the oil on the inside. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. We must not just look good on the, on the outside. We must not just be productive trimming lamps. But brothers and sisters, we've got to be filled up on the inside as well. God help us if at the end of it all we started in the spirit but we ended in the flesh. God help us if we stay morally pure and lived a certain lifestyle and looked as apostolic as your great-grandmother was. And yet when it came down to it, we were running low on oil. Our check engine light came on. The gas light came on. And we couldn't make it all the way because on the inside, we were lacking. On the inside, there was not enough oil. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, we got to be separated. And yes, we got to be productive. But brothers and sisters, we got to be filled up as well. We got to be full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to be full of faith. We've got to be full of joy. We've got to be full of hope. We've got to be full of love. We've got to be full of forgiveness. We got to be full. Hallelujah. Amen. One group forgot the oil. One group did not put the emphasis on staying full. The five foolish virgins missed a lesson that the five wise had a revelation of. When the groom called, these, those that were wise had their lamps full. They made sure that when this groom shows up, 
and we don't know when it's going to come. And the Bible even tells us of Jesus' coming. It's going to come like a thief in the night. If everybody was expecting the thief, uh, thieves would go out of business. Uh, but what happens uh, is you disconnect ADT and you disconnect uh, even all that stuff. You don't know when the thief's going to show up. Uh, and the thief shows up in the middle of the night and he doesn't show up. He waits uh, for the car to go out of the parking lot. Uh, he waits for the lights to go off. Uh, he waits for you to go on vacation. Uh, I want to tell you, the adversary is no different. Uh, he shows up uh, in moments when people have checked out in church uh, and they check out of the altar and they check out of their position and they He's looking for that opportunity, and Jesus puts himself in that same category. He says, in a moment, when you least expect it, I want to tell you the answer, amen, to the thief in the night. You've got to always expect the unexpected. you just got to believe that he's coming right now. Come on, we need some neighborhood watching the church that's looking up towards heaven and saying he's coming any moment now. He's coming any moment now. The thief's going to show up when other people are not waiting. We need some five wise virgins that say, I don't know when he's coming, so I'm going to keep my lamp full. I don't know what service he's showing up, so I'm going to keep my lamp full. I don't know what service he will, what day he might show up, so I'm going to make it to the house of God. I don't know. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Oh, somebody ought to give Jesus some praise. Come on. Come on. He's coming unexpectedly, church. He's coming unexpectedly. Huh? So you got to be ready at all times. You got to be ready at all times. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell everybody in the house of the Lord, amen, what if Jesus comes on a Monday night? Well, praise God, everybody's in the house of the Lord. Amen. I often wonder, though, what happens if Jesus comes on a midweek? Hallelujah. People weren't in the house of the Lord. Amen. They were off doing some other things. What happens if Jesus actually shows up on church day? Uh, and they, there was so many other things that were going on. Uh, and I had a lot of other things that were more pressing. Uh, amen. Jesus is going to treat it just like one of his parables. Uh, amen. He said, invite them to the marriage supper. Uh, and one said, I got some land I got to till. And the other one said, I just got married. And everybody had an excuse as to why they couldn't make it. And the problem with excuses uh, is they're always valid to ourselves. Uh, and yet God's going to split the clouds uh, and say, those that were bidden are not worthy. He said, go in the highways and into the byways and into the hedges. What am I preaching to you? You got to just say yes when the master calls. You got to you got to make it up in your mind. If God's calling to me, I'm not waiting until a, a, a convenient season. I'm not waiting until a convenient day. I'm not waiting until it finally pulls on all my heartstrings. I'm not waiting until I've been prodded and pulled until the pastor kicks me over the head. I'm going to just say, God, I want to be right with you. God, I want to be full of you. God, I'm tired of being empty. God, I'm tired of running on zero. I'm ready to be ready. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify Jesus. Come on, we need some folks that are ready to be ready. Are you ready to go to heaven? Are you ready for Jesus to show up? Are you ready or are you living a different lifestyle? Are you ready or are you empty? Are you ready? Oh, Jesus. Amen. Amen. These five wise had a revelation that the five un unwise did not have. When the groom called for them, they were already ready. There's some folks 
they need to go back to their first love. Amen. There's some folks you need to go back. Amen. To right before you got married, you were so excited. Now you might forget your anniversary, but you would never forget that day. Praise God, because you were ready. You knew exactly it was going to be January 4th on a Wednesday, an odd day for uh, the hoods to get married. But you didn't forget it because you had been waiting a long time to get married. Uh, Amen. I want to tell you, I'm waiting for Jesus to show up, uh, and I'm not going to miss my wedding day if you could put it that way. And I'm not going to let anything hinder me. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Amen. But I want you to notice that they had already gone to the market. They had already gone down to the market, and they had already bought oil. And it was the foolish virgins, what made them foolish, that they realized they were empty, and it was too late. And so this is what their response was. Because we missed our moment, because we were ill-prepared, because we were not ready, Can you please let us borrow some of your oil? Can you please let us borrow what you went and bought? But I've come to preach to somebody. Amen. The five wise virgins had a revelation. Amen. I don't know if they would have had enough to lend it out to the other five. Amen. Who knows if they would have actually had enough oil to go around. But they had a revelation. Amen. That we don't often talk about. Amen. And this is the revelation. You cannot borrow what you are supposed to have purchased. You cannot borrow that which you were supposed to purchase. You cannot get somebody to lend to you that which you were supposed to write the note down and pay the payment. And ma- Can I preach to somebody? You cannot borrow the Holy Ghost from somebody else. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost for yourself. Can I preach to somebody? You cannot borrow joy. you got to receive joy for yourself. And it comes through the Holy Ghost. Can I preach to somebody? You cannot borrow somebody's anointing. You've got to purchase anointing for yourself. You cannot borrow a prayer life. You have got to purchase a prayer life for yourself. You, Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands. Somebody ought to give God glory. I came to preach to somebody. Is it bought or is it borrowed? Is it bought or is it borrowed? Are you the individual that is continually borrowing off of somebody else's good attitude and somebody else's good spirit? Are you consistently borrowing off of somebody else's prayers? Oh, please pray for me, but you never prayed for yourself. Oh, please help me, but you never got out there and did something with what God gave you. Oh, please lend to me. Uh, lend to me. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. You got to beware of the borrower. The spirit that says, I'll just coast until the last possible moment. And right before Jesus splits, splits the skies, I'll have a deathbed confession. And right before I'm about to die, I'm on my deathbed. That's when I'll start repenting. That's when I'll start getting right. You cannot borrow it. You've got to purchase it. You've got to pay full price. You got to be careful. 
Beware of the borrower, the spirit of the borrower that gets inside of us. That spirit of the borrower that says, I will just borrow from the church. I'll borrow, amen, what I feel on Sunday. And that will get me through to heaven. I want to tell you, thank God for what we feel at church. Amen. But if, if you think you're going to make it to heaven just on what you get at church, you got another thing coming. It's easy to live for God at a conference when the choir is singing and everybody's shouting. But let me tell you, Monday morning comes and it hits hard. Huh? And there's those moments when people die and you didn't expect them to die. There's moments when everything goes upside down, amen, and everything goes topsy-turvy. And you're going to have to know how to hit your knees, amen, and you're going to have to pray and ask God to help you, amen. Job, you're going to have to pray on the day everything goes wrong and say the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. No angels singing, no choir singing, no preacher preaching. What happened? He purchased a walk for, with God for himself. Amen. Amen. We got to get to the place where we do not say, I will just borrow, uh, amen, from a family member's walk with God. Amen. Because here's the difference. Anybody ever borrowed something? Hallelujah. Anybody ever went, been to Rent-A-Center? All my ghetto folks say amen. Praise God. You ever had a Rent-A-Center knock on your door? Amen, at least I have. Hallelujah. Amen, there's something different between a borrower and an owner. Hallelujah. When you get the spirit of, spirit of borrower, you start living a little different. Anybody ever rented a car? There's a reason you rented that four-wheel drive. There's a reason you rented that Jeep on your vacation. There's a reason you rented the one that can go off-roading. Amen. There's a reason you didn't take your car off-roading because you know that if I take my car off-roading and I get into a ditch, amen, I'm going to have to get it out of that ditch. You recognize that if I take my car off-roading, amen, I'm going to get dense. I'm going to get scratches. I'm going to have problems. And, and, and then it's going to be on me to have to pay for it. But when you borrow from somebody else, it's not not my problem because it's not my possession. And when you borrow of somebody else's oil, it's not your problem because it's not your possession. When you borrow from somebody else's praise, it's not your problem, so it's not your possession. When you borrow from somebody else's prayer life, it's not your problem, so it's not your possession. So if I pray today, it doesn't matter. If I pray tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Sister so-and-so will pray. Brother so-and-so will worship. So-and-so will involve themselves. Can I preach to somebody? Stop borrowing the church. Amen. Somebody's got to purchase the church. Somebody's got to pay full price. Amen. Can I preach to you? I don't want to borrow ARC. I want to have ownership in ARC. I don't want to rent ARC. I want to own it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, you got to beware of the borrower. It says, ah, you don't need to do that for yourself. You can let so-and-so do that, and you can just ride on their coattails. You can let others pay the price, and you can enjoy the benefits. Amen. You can just spectate and never participate and still get to enjoy and still get to ingest the wine. Amen. That Jesus multiplied and Jesus changed. When you have the spirit of borrower, amen, you drive it like you stole it. When you have the spirit of borrower, amen, you take it, and if it gets a stain, no big problem. This is how some people are with their walk with God. 
their walk with God is just rented. Amen. They didn't pay for the tux for the wedding. They just rented it. They didn't buy the dress. They just rented it. Amen. So that they can hopefully, amen, trick the groom into marrying them. Amen. And they just they just, just said, well, this will be until I find something better. And they just rent a relationship with God. The problem is when you rent a relationship with God, you miss out on all the benefits. Amen. Those five unwise virgins said, we're just going to rent this relationship. We're just going to borrow this oil. We're just going to get to the groom and make our excuse as to why we weren't as fast as everybody else. And we hope that he accepts us as we are. After all, God likes me the way I am. But I want to tell you, when you show up to the door, the Bible says the door was closed and only those that had purchased oil for themselves made it in. Amen. Let me preach to some people that the spirit of borrow has been getting on you. I'm almost done. I'm just going to minister to somebody. Spirit of borrower would say, no, no, pastor, I own evangelist. Let me put it that way. No, 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 brotherhood, I I own it. Yeah, you own your home until you stop making the payments. Then it turns out you were just a borrower. No, 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 I I paid full price. I paid full price until you stop making the car note and they repossess it. Then you find out you were just a borrower and it wasn't really yours. It's not until you make payment after payment after payment after payment and the bank finally sends you a letter that says paid in full. There were no discounts. You paid every bit of it. Can I preach to somebody when Jesus shows up and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What's he saying? Paid in full. You kept the faith. You fought a good fight. You didn't quit when everybody else quit. You kept on pressing. You were an owner, not a borrower. You were a purchaser, not a borrower. Somebody stand across this house. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray in this house. Come on, there's some folks you have let your you have let your walk with God go into default. It's time to go back and get your car spiritually out of repossession and say, I'll pay what I owe. I'll pay what I owe. I'm gonna get that out of hawk. I'm gonna get that amen out of the pawn shop. I'm gonna get that out of default. Because I want to be a purchaser. I don't want to be a borrower. I want to be an owner. I don't want to be a borrower. Maybe it's been a while since you prayed. Maybe it's been a while since you've been to the altar. Maybe it's been a while since you read your Bible. Maybe it's been a while since you were committed to the kingdom of God. Maybe it's been a while since you came to church. Maybe it's been a while since you've since you've been involved. It's time to go down and say, Lord, I'm ready before it's too late to buy the oil for myself. Somebody pray in this house. Come on, you got to beware of the borrower. That old sneaky devil says, no, no, you don't need to do that. Somebody else will do it. No, you don't need to go down to the marketplace. Sister so-and-so will go down to the marketplace. You just borrow from her later. No, 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 you don't really need to be involved or invested. You just... You know, the pastor will take care of that, and then, and then when the time comes, he'll take care of it. Oh, no, 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 you don't really need to be, no, 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 you don't really need to live that lifestyle. Amen, you just keep living the way you're living, and everything will work out. And when the time comes right before you die, you can say, I'm sorry, Jesus. 
Beware of the borrower. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, ARC, let's pray. This is not to condemn anybody at all. What I'm telling you is be the five wise. And if you are the five wise, don't let anybody trick you out of your oil. Don't let any devil trick you out of your involvement. Don't let anybody trick you out of your anointing. Don't let anybody or anything or any situation trick you out of your prayer life and out of your worship life. Don't lend to the borrower. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, I want to tell you, it's not too late to go to the marketplace, church. It's not too late to buy for yourselves. It's not too late to purchase for yourself. There is hope here today where you can purchase. There is hope today where you can sign the paperwork and say once and for all, my all for Jesus. There's some people in the house of the Lord. You, for a long time, have been the wise virgin. But in the last couple years, because of every reason in the world that is probably viable, COVID, you were committed for 30 years. I've got nobody in mind. Maybe it was five years, two years, whatever. And all of a sudden, the borrower showed up. Might have been your boss. Said, can I have a little bit of your time? I know you'll miss church, but I really need you. I suppose I could spare a little bit of time. Maybe it was a hobby that for some reason can't be done on a Saturday. It's got to be done on a Sunday. This is one service. The problem is when you start giving out oil, it starts flowing. And you might think, well, it's just a milliliter. See how high the gas prices are right now? You barely touch the handle and you're at 50 bucks. That's how the devil's got some of you. Started off a little bit ago without inflation. It was a real low price. It was just one prayer meeting you missed. I'll lend that, no big deal. But now... The cost is $7 a gallon for your oil. And you're down on empty. And now you're thinking, oh my goodness. Service after service after service. One day you recognize, I have missed so much of what God has for me. I have missed weeks. I have missed services. I have missed prayer meetings. I have missed moments with God. I have missed involvement. I have given away so much of my oil. I might have a trim lamp. I might still be a virgin. I might still think I'm on my way to heaven. But I'm empty. But now i got to pay more than what I gave my oil away for. And I don't know if I have enough time. And I don't know if I have enough money. And I don't know if I have enough energy. And I don't know if I have enough life left in me. I've come to preach to somebody. God sent me to tell you there is still time and you still have the ability to go down to the marketplace and pay full price. 
You know what the marketplace is? He said, I counseled you, talking to the church, to buy of me silver and gold. How much, is it, how much does he charge you? You know what the Bible says? For nothing. But instead, you went out and purchased everything in the world. There's people that have, that have invested their lives into the world's oil. They've got gallons full of it. But when it comes to God's gold and God's silver and God's oil and God's things, they're running on empty. And they think that those two oils translate, but they don't. You need a certain fuel to run your car, and you need a certain fuel to get you to heaven. And they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I spent all my time building up this. I'm not against having a 401K. I'm not against vacation time. I think, oh, that's good. But when you spend all your time building up castles made of sand, and this is empty. One day God convicts you in a service like this or on a random day when nobody else at church is around you and you brush it off, I'll do it some other time. You're just pushing off the inevitable that one day the bridegroom's going to say, I'm ready. Are you ready to get married? Are you ready to come? And you're going to look down at your oil resources and say there's just not enough there. But i got good news for you tonight. Tonight is not the night where there's not enough time. It might be tomorrow night. In fact, it might be after this altar call. It might be next week. It might be next year that Jesus parks the clouds and says, let's go. But right now, last I checked, there hadn't been a trumpet that sounded. And you could come down to the altar, which is the marketplace, and you could say, Lord, I need some oil. And he says, I've been counseling you and praying that you would come to me so I could fill you with oil. But I've got good news for you. It will cost you nothing because it cost him everything. The marketplace is open tonight. I think every individual in this house, myself included, needs to make our way down to this altar right now and say, Lord, I, I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want the, to lend out so much. I got nothing left. And God, maybe I have lended out so much. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Maybe you recognize you're on E. You're running on empty. Your spirit's on empty. Your soul's on empty. But tonight, when you come down to this front, God will pour the oil in until it's overflowing. David said, you anoint my head with fresh oil. I rebuke the borrower that's trying to steal your oil. I rebuke the cares of this life that are trying to steal your oil. I rebuke the apathy that's trying to steal your oil. I rebuke the lethargy that's trying to steal your oil. you got to get in the altar and get prayed through until you're full. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Don't just be morally pure. Don't just be acting in the kingdom. But please be full. There's nothing worth more. Come on, you got to fill yourself up with the Holy Ghost.
close right now. You've got to go to the marketplace. You've got to go to the altar and say, God, fill me up. Fill me up. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray right now. And my shame is It's not out. too late. You might have lent it out. You might have given it away. You might have just let it run out. But today, let God fill you up with oil. Let God fill you up with the Holy Ghost. Let God fill you up with joy. I'm not lending it out. And I'm not going to borrow it from somebody else. I'm going to borrow it from Jesus. The sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence,
Somebody pray to this house all across this building. In the name of Jesus, God's pouring out oil. He already paid the price. He's filling up tanks right now. It's free. Amen. He says, but you got to come and purchase it from me. You got to come directly to the source and let me fill you. Praise God. I feel this for somebody in the house of God. You got to beware of the borrower. Sometimes the borrower is the devil. Sometimes the devil comes by and he borrows from you. When you face a trial, he takes that little bit of joy you had in the tank reserves and he pulls it out of you like a thief steals, kills, and destroys. And you start feeling depleted because the borrower, you need to go back to the marketplace. Go back to the altar and say, God, fill me up. Sometimes the world becomes the borrower. Our responsibilities, our bills, our jobs, our families even. Not that they're wrong, but they draw. You've got to go back to the altar and say, God, fill me Sometimes it's other people, especially those that are leaders, leaders of families and leaders in church and leaders in ministry. Jesus even experienced this with the woman with the issue of blood. He knew somebody touched him because virtue flowed out. There was something that was taken from Jesus. This is why I believe in his humanity. Some people wonder why Jesus prayed. I'll tell you why Jesus prayed. Because in his humanity, there was something always being drawn off of him. And anybody that's ever dealt with people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody who's ever done ministry of any kind, you know exactly what it is. You've done a Bible study. You've preached, whatever the case may be. You sang. You've opened up doors. And you've been a blessing in the kingdom. You feel as virtue is pulled off of you. Whether you know it or not. Sometimes it's a good thing you need to pour into others, and sometimes you're being siphoned. You need to go back to the altar. Say, Lord, fill my vessel until my cup runneth over. I want us to lift up our hands one more time, and let's pray. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, whenever the borrower comes by, you need to go back to the marketplace. Whenever the borrower comes by, if you don't just outright tell that borrower, get out, no way. You need to go back to the marketplace. You need to go back to the prayer closet, back to the altar, back to the Bible, back to the preaching, back to the worship, and say, Lord, fill my cup. Somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. We thank you today. I thank you for this service. I believe you have ordained it. And, God, I pray that you would touch every individual in the name of Jesus Christ. 
God, that any moment we feel like we have been borrowed from, depleted, God, that, Lord, you would fill our cup till it's overflowing, God. You are the God of abundance, and you are the God of overflow. And I pray right now a blessing upon this church body. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. God bless you abundantly in Jesus' name.